Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. It is game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell previewing this Kentucky game that is set for a 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network road game for the Gamecocks tonight. And, Wes, I'll tell you what, this is a very intriguing matchup in my estimation because the Gamecocks just thumped Vanderbilt, and Kentucky is off to the best start that it's had in 40 years. Yeah, you know, it's become a really, really big game, obviously, all of a sudden for, for both teams and Kentucky riding high right now, a home game sold out, a night game. Uh, you know, for, for all the talk about Kentucky being a basketball school, which obviously they are, um, you know, one of the things that stood out to me the most, Emerson, was the the atmosphere they had last week in that uh, Mississippi State game. I mean, that was a big-time, major college football atmosphere, and the crowd fed off the team, and the team fed off the crowd. It sort of works hand-in-hand, so um, – you know, you, you don't really think about it, uh, you know, as Kentucky being like one of your major teams in college football offhand, but I think this is a really good Kentucky football team, and South Carolina's going to have to honestly deal with a uh, a great atmosphere because right now Kentucky fans are uh, clearly riding high. Yes, they are, and for good reason, Wes. Kentucky comes in 4-0, wins over Central Michigan at Florida, Murray State, and Mississippi State. Last week, Mississippi State was ranked 14th in the country. So we talked earlier this week with uh, Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com, who will sit in with us for a moment later in the game day podcast today. And, you know, he talked about the fact that the Kentucky offense obviously wants to run the football. 28-7, to they beat Mississippi State. And, you know, they fell behind 7 to nothing in that game. So their defense shut Mississippi State out in the second half. And that was obviously a big win for Kentucky. That game played in the rain. But... Uh, what really got this season going for them, Wes, was that win at Florida in the second week of the season. We know that Kentucky had not beaten Florida in 30 years, and they went down to the swamp and beat Florida with a big second half. So, you know, talk about Kentucky to this point. 1977 was the last time Kentucky was 4-0 overall and 2-0 in the SEC, and they're tied with Georgia for first in the East right now. Yeah, you know, I think um... – like I said earlier, their fans are, are sky high right now. I'm sure that the team is as well. I, I think one of the biggest questions on that side is, uh, you know, are, are they prepared to, to handle the moment? You know, I, I think at times, if you're looking at it from a South Carolina perspective, um, you know, the Gamecocks have gone into some big games. Uh, they have been riding high. And uh, when, when it, the moment is too big for you, then you sort of uh, – lose a little bit of your attention to detail you you make mistakes you're not used to making you try to do too much as opposed to doing what you've always done so um 
I'm very, very curious to see how this Kentucky team responds to the added attention that they're getting right now because uh, it, it is just a little bit different. And to me, the teams that are used to playing in these big games uh, generally fare better because they're they're just more comfortable. So that's a big question for me. Like you said, they do have um, at least a couple of big wins. Uh, you know, winning at Florida, then beating Mississippi State. They they were nearly a ten point underdog going into that game last week at home, um, and and they were really able to put Mississippi State away late. Uh, you know, I, now I I think that game was much closer throughout the ball game than the final score indicates. Uh, it, it really Emerson was a, a bit of a defensive battle for most of the game. Yep. Uh, you know, Kentucky uh, was, was almost shut out in the first half. They got a late score that really, I think, gave them some some momentum going into the second half. Then uh, they got some defensive, uh, some big defensive plays with turnovers that put their offense in a good position. And, and then Benny Snell, you know, really uh, sort of salted the game away with some late scores as well. So it was a closer game than the score indicates. But, you know, Snell, um, to me, is a bit of a throwback running back in that these days everybody rotates. You know, everybody has two or three guys and, Certainly Kentucky has some other guys that are pretty good, too, that they rotate in. But uh, this kid's a true workhorse back. He's averaging over 20 yards – or, excuse me, over 20 carries per game. So, uh, you know, he's a guy they're going to get the football early and often. And he's one of those guys that it appears he gets better as the game goes on uh, because he's able to sort of, I think, wear away at defenses going into the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, Benny Snell, 25 carries, 165 yards, and four touchdowns in that Kentucky win over Mississippi State last Saturday. And, you know, Wes, uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State had to be separated before kickoff. The two teams, you know, had exchanged some words, and there was a little small physical altercation. And, you know, it seems like Kentucky football has got a bit of an edge to it right now that maybe it has lacked in years past. Yeah, they, they do. And I, I think, um, you know, ultimately – you, you want your, your team to sort of take on the um, personality of, of its coach, and I, I think Mark Stoops is a fiery guy. Uh, he's a defensive-minded coach. Uh, really probably tries to instill a lot of the same just pillar uh, philosophies to his program that, that Will Muschamp does here in South Carolina. So, you know, I think you look at him and you're, you're seeing that. You're seeing a, a long process of recruiting and building sort of paying off now. Um, it hasn't really been a quick fix, um, but but you're seeing, I think, you know, Muschamp talked about it this week, much better team speed on defense. They're just simply more talented overall than they have been. They've, they've got some veteran guys, and they have some NFL guys too. You know, it's not just um, that they have guys who've been in the system for a long time. They have guys that are going to be, you know, potential NFL draft picks. And, you know, I, I think you look um, – you look up and down their defense, and you see size, you see speed, and um, you know the the kid Josh Allen, the the edge rusher. Um, you know, I, I think has quickly become one of the better pass rushers in this conference. And when Mississippi State put themselves in a position where he was able to just pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, their tackles were not quick enough to to block him out on the edge. So, you know, I, I think when you go into these games, it's it's just as much about keeping yourself out of bad situations as anything, um, you know, obviously depending on the matchup. But when you look at Kentucky, uh, you've got to stay out of those third and long situations where you're just allowing their guys to pin back their ears and, and rush the passer and not worry about the running game. And, 
you know, I, I think Mississippi State was in, was in a bad spot on the other side as well because uh, Kentucky wants to just run the football. So if, if they have a lead on you, then they're really not – you're not forcing their quarterback to go have to beat you. They're just going to continue to – to pound away with the football in the running game. So, to me, Mississippi State put itself in a bad situation on both sides of the ball, and it, it just really played into Kentucky's favor. Yeah, it did. All right, we're going to talk about improved Kentucky defense. You know, Kentucky's defense playing a lot better this year, and I think they, they really look athletic. And Muschamp talked about the fact that their team speed is improved, and West just talked about that. So, we're going to go in, into a little bit more detail here about the Kentucky defense later. And we're going to talk about the point spread this week. Very interesting the way the point spread has moved back and forth throughout the course of the week. And that's not normally something we get into very in-depth, but we are going to talk about that a little bit on the game day podcast here today. But, Wes, let's start in analyzing this game or breaking down this game. you got to start with what you just said a moment ago. Kentucky wants to run the football. They've got the top rushing attack in the Southeastern Conference. And, Wes, I go back to that Georgia game, expressing my concerns for the Gamecocks. Georgia ran for 220 in the third quarter, and now the Gamecocks have to face a Kentucky team that is the top rushing attack in the SEC. Is Kentucky's offensive line going to be as big as Georgia's, Wes? No, you know, I think they're a a really good offensive line, uh, certainly, but are they going to be quite as big or talented as Georgia? You know, no, I, I don't think so. And I, I think a lot of a lot of that Georgia game, uh, you know, how how does it play out like that? I think uh, you got to factor in the the ability that Georgia had on the edge at, at wide receiver as well. You know, uh, and and people may be saying, well, what does that have to do with the running game? Well, you're able to continue to open up space in the running game by continuing to have that that threat on the outside, and I, I thought Georgia did a great job of sort of uh, yo-yoing South Carolina's defense, so to speak, back and forth between putting it outside on the perimeter, uh, then you try to take that away, and they, they run the ball back inside. You, you bring an extra defender inside, and they flip the ball out uh, to their fast receivers outside. So I, I thought that Georgia's overall team speed on offense um, was the difference in, in that game, and you know, I, I look at Kentucky's quarterback situation, and that that's my biggest question mark with this team. Uh, Terry Wilson has done a good job of managing uh, what they do on offense, and he's a good runner, but he's not shown so far that he can be a consistent passer. And I, I think if you're South Carolina, you know, that, that's the key. We, all, we talk about Benny Snell and slowing him down and that being the key to it. In the case of Georgia, they, they would still have a guy like Jake Fromm to fall back on. Hmm. In the case of Kentucky, there's a, you know that, that's a question mark for them. If Terry Wilson, their quarterback, is forced to go win a football game, is he able to go do that? I, I, think, I think if you're South Carolina, you want, you want to force him to answer that question this week because if you do that, your chances of winning, um, they, they go way up. And I, I think we got to remember football. You know, every football game is different, and how the game plays out affects the type of decisions you have to make throughout the game. So, uh, you know, Georgia was never really put in any position to to be uncomfortable in that football game. They were able to just run their base basic offense and uh, not put the ball in danger at all, not potentially turn the ball over. Um, you look at Kentucky against Mississippi State. As that game went on, that there was no reason to – to do anything that was going to risk the football um, as that game wore on. You just keep feeding your workhorse back. If you're South Carolina, you need to 
you need to come out like you did against Vanderbilt and force Kentucky to try to play keep up because in the first half of the Mississippi State Kentucky game, they're they're just trading punts and and you know a missed field goal here, but for the most part, um, there was you were never really forced if you're Kentucky, you were never really forced to go score to keep up. So you you could kind of stay conservative. So I, I think that's a big key when you look at this Kentucky offense. We we know the Kentucky defense is pretty good. And we know that Benny Snell is good on offense, but how good is this Kentucky offense top to bottom, especially if you force them to go past the football? Yep, that's something the Gamecocks endeavor to find out tonight. Georgia clearly a much more balanced offense and in a much better position to throw the football when they needed to. So that's the real question coming into tonight for Kentucky. Terry Wilson is a fantastic athlete. He's a great runner. He's very quick. He's elusive. He's shifty. But – can he beat the Gamecocks from the pocket if Carolina is able to find a way to keep contain on him? Can Terry Wilson win that ball game with his arm? So, you know, I don't know that we know enough about Terry Wilson at this point to know. I don't think Kentucky people know about Terry Wilson enough at this point to have a definitive answer to that question. He only threw 14 passes no. in the Mississippi State game, Wes, and he was 8 of 14 for 81 yards, and obviously that game was played in a steady rain. So I think that was a factor in the play calling as well, and that may have actually played into Kentucky's hands a little bit in terms of their ability to run the football. But obviously that's got to be the game plan for South Carolina West. You find a way to slow down Benny Snell. You know he's going to get his. You're not going to completely shut him down, but you contain his productivity, slow him down a little bit, and then find out what Terry Wilson can do. Yeah, and uh, I was looking through Pro Football Focus, which we actually have access to on Rivals now, Emerson, and it, I don't know if you've ever read some of their stuff, but it, it goes into such detail about various uh, scenarios with a particular player, and you can break it down with quarterbacks to uh, plays when they were under pressure, plays when there was no pressure, plays when they were not blitzed, plays when they were blitzed. And something really stood out to me is that when there's no pressure on Terry Wilson, he has a passer um, – grade which is this is their own grading system so this isn't like quarterback rating or anything like that but he has a passer rating or passer grade of 73.9 which is in the green and is considered to be a good but not great grade now if you go down to under pressure his grade drops all the way from 73.9 to 29.3 which is completely in the red um way 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 below average of a grade and also his uh his carrier rating which is basically determined by how many times do you fumble or not goes all the way down to a 28 as well so when he's been under pressure um he's been in trouble you take it a step further when he's not blitzed his uh his pass rating is uh, or grade is 66.5 which obviously still is not great but is considered uh to be above average basically when he is blitzed and this is where it really got interesting for me it drops all the way to 40.7 but his run grade shoots all the way up to 89.1 which means that when teams have blitzed him and have missed that's led to him being able to break out for big plays in the running game so if you just look at the numbers there and what that breakdown tells me is that, A, I mean, it's a universal truth in football. You have to get pressure on the opposing quarterback. But in this case, it, it the drop-off is just huge. 
And B, if you're going to send a blitzer, especially if you're going to send some of these all-out blitzes, you better stay in your lanes. You have to stay, you know, keep him contained as opposed to just rushing freely because if you miss, that's when you open up the chance for a quarterback to take off and, and have some big plays, and that's clearly happened with him. So blitz at your own risk against Terry Wilson and this Kentucky Wildcats offense. Wes, I heard Chris Clark on the radio this week talking about the fact that Carolina put uh, Javon Kinlaw in some good positions just from a schematic standpoint to get one-on-one matchups in that game against Vanderbilt last week. And Kinlaw, obviously co-defensive lineman of the week in the SEC, had a big game, a couple sacks and tackles for loss, and you know he forced turnovers. He did everything last Saturday for South Carolina. So how will the Gamecocks go about trying to do that again and get a repeat performance from Javon Kinlaw? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the answer to that question probably somewhat relies on Javon Kinlaw's teammates. You know, I, I was looking when I rewatched the game and Kentucky's interior guys, uh, you know, especially their center, just absolutely could not Kinlaw's quickness, in my opinion. You know, you, you look at Kinlaw and his size and just the sheer physical ability there, and you, you might think of him as far as strength. But to me, it was his quickness that uh, Vanderbilt's offensive lineman on the interior could not deal with. So how does Kentucky then decide they want to handle that? Do they bring an extra defender and sort of try to double him inside? Possibly so. If they do that, then it all of a sudden it becomes on, you know, Kier Thomas, on Kobe Smith, on, um, you know, Bryce Allen Williams out there on the edge. They then have to sort of force Kentucky out of that and, and make them hurt. I, I thought that Kier Thomas and Bryce Allen Williams actually played uh, – you know, they're better games of the year so far as well. So I think that was a big part to getting Kinlaw free is that his teammates were playing pretty well too. So I think if you're if you're looking for one of those game within a game things to focus on while you're watching the game tonight, and I know it's, there are so many different things you can watch, it's hard to watch everything. But if you're watching big number three in the middle, start looking. Does, does Kentucky put two guys on him? Do they – do they sort of use one guy to chip him before they send him to the next level in the running game? Um, or are you watching number three just have to deal with one guy? If, he, if he's having to deal with one guy, then you know I, I don't think you can ever predict a defensive tackle to have back-to-back games like he had last week. That was just – you don't see defensive tackles put up those type of numbers across the board. But if, if it's one-on-one, then uh, you know I, I think you're going to see Javon Kinlaw have another uh, impactful game. And, you know, I think even Javon, I don't want to say he was surprised by what he was able to do, but, um, you know, I'll be curious to see what a game like that can do for someone's confidence because, you know, let's be honest, Javon Kinlaw came in here as a as an outstanding athlete who was very raw as a football player. He was still learning the game. He's still learning the position. He's still – learning what it takes to be really, really good. So it may have opened his eyes a bit just to see, okay, I am capable of dominating a football game. The SEC is a line of scrimmage league. We say it every week. And last week, Javon Kinlaw helped the Gamecocks really dominate the line of scrimmage against Vanderbilt. It'll be interesting to see what Kentucky does to try to keep him off step a little bit uh, tonight in this 7:30 kickoff on the SEC network Gamecocks and Wildcats Kentucky ranked 
17th in the country. They're 4-0 and 2-0 in the SEC. Gamecocks coming in 2-1 overall and 1-1 in the league. So, you know, from a defensive standpoint for the Gamecocks, Wes, Ken Law will try to help Carolina control the line of scrimmage again. I think tackling will be at a premium tonight. If you let Benny Snell break tackles, he's going to kill you. And I think uh, good tackling will have to come, not just from the front seven. T.J. Brunson obviously will be a key player tonight in the, from that middle linebacker spot for the Gamecocks. But I think corners and safeties are going to have to defend the run tonight, Wes. There's no doubt about it. Tackling will be at a premium, and the guys on the back end of the defense are going to have to contribute also. Yeah, I think if you're going to slow a great back, uh, to your point, it, it falls on everybody, all 11 guys. Uh, you know, it's it's always been interesting to me if you sort of um, – slow down a, a big running play and watch it on replay in slow motion and um, you know how just being fired, being blocked out of their lane lead when you have a, uh, now if you have a an average back or an average team then you know maybe maybe it doesn't matter maybe two or three guys can can make a mistake but then everybody else sort of picks it up and makes the play but when you have a, a great back like this, it changes the game a bit. And I think all 11 guys have to have to really execute to, to get them off the field. So I, I think that's a great point. Not not just uh, not just your backers, not just your defensive line, but your defensive backs too. All all 11 are going to have to play well when you're facing a back like Benny Snell. And and, and it's I mean it, it seems sort of obvious, but just um, getting off the field early in drives, at least for part of the time and not allowing this guy to just wear away at you, uh, to me, ha- has to be a key. You know, you're always happy when you can force a punt, but I think forcing a, a you know, a three and out or, or two early in the game um, and not letting Kentucky just sort of wear away at your defense could be another key. On the other side of the football, Wes, let's talk about the Gamecock offense versus the Kentucky defense. Carolina ran for 273 against Vanderbilt, and – really dominated up front in a way that uh, I was not expecting to see. So that was a pleasant surprise last Saturday. Carolina just whipped Vanderbilt really from start to finish. But the Kentucky defense will be a different proposition tonight. And Muschamp talked about uh, Jordan Jones and Josh Allen, and you talked a little bit about uh, those two at the start of the podcast today. Kentucky's defense is athletic, and it's a product of the recruiting efforts and improvements that Stoops has made in the time that he's been there. Yeah, it really is. You know, you look, um, like you said, Josh Allen, I mean, this kid is, I think, a future uh, top-round draft pick. He gets off the edge. They really use him. They line him up way out wide, um, especially when you get in passing situations. Uh, that sort of wide nine concept where you get your defensive end out just as far as possible and let him use his speed off the edge makes things difficult for your tackles. So that, that'll be a key matchup for South Carolina to watch. And then, you know, on top of everything else, they have size at their cornerback positions. You know, I think I think Stoops has a similar approach to Will Muschamp and Javaris Robinson and what he looks for, what he recruits in his defensive backs. All of their cornerbacks have length. And that I can remember that just simply not always being the case, uh, you know, with Kentucky is that even when they had – solid defensive backs I don't think they had the size that they do now so uh, you know these are guys that can match up and and use their length to hurt you um, you know both in one-on-one situations in the pass game which we know South Carolina is going to try to get their receivers into and uh, you know generally those guys will uh, will be a little bit better at defending the run and defending the screen and stuff like that so this is a little bit different defense than 
South Carolina faces most weeks. It seems to me that a lot of SEC teams play a lot of man coverage. Uh, Jake Bentley said that Kentucky will show you more zone, which means that, uh, you know, it's going to be all, all eyes. Uh, you're, you're not turning and running like you are in man coverage. All eyes are on the football. All 11 will be tracking to the football. And it just it creates a little bit more or a little bit different of a game plan than maybe you saw last week. Last week it was sort of run the football and then attack deep on the edges against uh, against Vanderbilt. Against Kentucky, you may have to see more intermediate-type routes, more comebacks on the outside, as opposed to just attacking, attacking like we saw last week. All right, Kentucky's defense, second in the conference in total defense. And, you know, one of the concerns for Kentucky, after talking with Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com this week, he said that, uh, you know, in terms of quarterback – and wide receivers, South Carolina is easily the best team that the Wildcats will have faced this year. They have not faced as dynamic a group as they will see tonight with the Gamecocks. Yeah, and I think Shai Smith is the one that um, that really makes that group as dangerous as they are. You know, it's obviously everybody knows about Debo Samuel. Everybody knows about Brian Edwards. But when you add a guy into the slot that, can also hurt you it just may, it makes it difficult on you to play any type of man coverage and I, I think Vanderbilt was really really uh exposed a bit as far as that goes because they, they they play a defense where they played a lot of man coverage and they had a lot of guys they had an extra guy in the box and so you're talking about asking one safety to help out and when you stretch the defense that safety can't play both sides of the field at the same time uh you know, Traditionally, we think of slot receivers sort of operating underneath and on quick little short routes, but South Carolina likes to use Shy Smith to also expand the field and, and get deep, and they, they love that slot fade to him. Similar, they, they hit him on two plays uh, against Vanderbilt, very similar concept to and maybe even the same exact play uh, to what they hit in, in the Outback Bowl against Michigan for a touchdown. I think they hit him against Florida maybe on that play last year, so these guys are tough to cover and you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see if Kentucky does decide to play a lot of zone and how that really affects South Carolina's um, play calling and decision making in the passing game but uh, you know this is an RPO based offense a lot of times and Will Muschamp from a defensive standpoint talked all off season about how um, it's very difficult to play zone coverage against the RPO because it makes you wrong every time. So, you know, from that standpoint, this could be a very RPO heavy game for South Carolina's offense. And if they can force Kentucky to, to play a lot of man coverage, then uh, that, that should be a fun matchup seeing Carolina's receivers against those big Kentucky DBs. Yep. Wes, we're only three games into the season for South Carolina, but coming off this Vanderbilt game, I wanted to get you to assess Brian McClendon as a play caller you know, I think South Carolina obviously benefited from the fact that they were able to control the line of scrimmage against Vanderbilt, but play calling looked very effective to me for South Carolina. You know, were it not for a couple mistakes, Carolina could have easily put 50 on the Commodores last Saturday. Absolutely, 50 or, you know, or even more. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it was right there for the taking. And, you know, whenever whenever South Carolina is able to run the football like they did against Vandy, that, that that's going to be the, the, you know, the ceiling for this offense is going to be very high. Like, whenever – Whenever they're able to establish that, then everything else is sort of just going to click into place. Um, if they're not able to run the football, then 
uh, it, it makes it easy. It makes it more difficult to, to throw it around, and, and those two things really just work hand in hand, as, as Jake Bentley talked about this week. So I, I think every week that that's going to be something we talk about. If South Carolina establishes the run, then all of a sudden it gives them the ability to get these big explosive plays that that we've talked about, and that that's the key right now to their offense is, is big explosive plays, and that's their goal to have a bunch of those. They had um, 15 of them against. Coastal Carolina, I think 13 of them last week, a bunch of them in the run game against uh, Vanderbilt. Uh, Georgia, I'm trying to think, I think they had like six explosives. So uh, that's definitely well short of what their goal is each week, and that'll be another thing to watch this week is those those explosive plays, which South Carolina defines as a run of 10 or a throw um, of 15 or more. All right, 7.30 kickoff tonight for the Gamecocks and the Wildcats. Gamecock Central's game day podcast here. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. We're going to hear from Colin Taylor in a few minutes, and we're also going to hear from Justin Rowland from catsillustrated.com. Get a look at the Kentucky perspective heading into tonight's matchup. So Kentucky's ranked 17th in the country. And, Wes, one aspect of this game that we have not yet discussed and we probably shouldn't have waited until this late in the podcast to do it is the fact that Kentucky has won four straight in this series. It was not that long ago that it was virtually inconceivable that Kentucky would beat South Carolina four years running in football. But that's where we are, Wes. We are here. It is a fact. And uh, I know South Carolina fans uh, hate hate the thought, but uh, it, it happened. And now – I think it's been interesting, Emerson, that South Carolina has taken a a different approach this year. I think last year, I pretty distinctly remember the players talking openly about the streak and about what it meant to them and how big this game was for them. Then I think you you listen to the players this year, and it's uh, they go back to that motto every um, you know every week is a season that they've talked about all all season long so far. They've doubled down on that. None of, the, none of the players are admitting that this game possibly means any more than any other game. And I, I think that's the right approach because, you know, Brian, I, Brian Edwards said it. Um, whenever, whenever you start focusing on those type of things, uh, you know, that, that's, that removes your focus a little bit from just executing and doing what you know how to do. So I, I think this team has a, a veteran approach to the game. And uh, we'll, we'll see if it matters this week because the, the, thing, the other thing to remember is yes that that streak the idea of that streak sucks for Carolina fans to, to hear frankly uh, you know because of what Kentucky is and South Carolina fans and and media as well we're always going to think of South Carolina football being above Kentucky football but um, the other thing to remember is that this Kentucky football team is actually really good so you know if Kentucky goes and beats South Carolina tonight it doesn't have anything to do with the streak it just means that Kentucky's pretty dang good this year. Yeah, they are. 4-0, 2-0 in the SEC. First time that they have been both of those since 1977. So it's really shaping up to be an historic year for the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm curious to know how much the Gamecocks may have talked internally about this four-game losing streak. You know, we talked about last week's game. Carolina had beaten Vanderbilt nine straight and Derek Mason said that they didn't really talk about that. That's not really something they got into. And I just feel like, you know, that, that probably should be something you talk about if somebody's really got your number like that. And four years in a row is not the same as nine, but it, clearly there's a trend developing here 
West, and the Gamecocks want to go up to Lexington and, and break that trend tonight. So I think this is uh, an important game for South Carolina just because Kentucky has become a thorn in the side of, of Gamecock football. I mean, I heard folks on the radio in Columbia talking about Kentucky you know, back in July. Gamecock fans are tired of losing to Kentucky. They expect to beat Kentucky. And that doesn't change the fact that this may be the best Kentucky team ever. I think that's a possibility. You know, they won at Florida. No Kentucky team had done that in 30 years. So we've already seen some evidence that this Kentucky team is better than any they've had in the last 30 years. But that doesn't change the fact that the Gamecock fans expect to beat Kentucky. And I think uh, this is a huge ball game for South Carolina tonight uh, from that standpoint alone. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked about it last week. Uh, with these two games sort of lumped together, Vanderbilt and Kentucky, and you know, this probably wasn't a stretch of the season that was necessarily circled prior to the year by the fan base. Um, you know, everybody obviously wanted to talk about Georgia, and, you know, you look ahead to the big games with teams like Texas A&M and, and stuff like that, and, and those are fun and all, but if South Carolina is going to have the season that we all talked about being a possibility prior to the year, um, it needed a win last week, which it got, and it probably needs a win this week, too. So, um you know, I think if I think it's going to be tough for for Georgia to to lose enough games to to get South Carolina back into the SEC East race. But you know what? Crazier things have happened. We tend to we tend to take one football game and give it way too much uh, importance as far as what we think a team is. So could Georgia go through a rough patch? And next thing you know, South Carolina's back in the conversation in the East. Uh, crazier things have happened. So uh, I think with that said. This game, though, has to be a win for us to ever even possibly have that conversation. All right, Wes, before we get to our keys to victory today for both teams, I wanted to talk about the point spread a little bit this week. And, you know, again, this is not something we typically get into, but uh, the the point spread movement this week has been very interesting to me. South Carolina opened as a slight favorite. I think it was a point and a half or two points the Gamecocks were favored by. And we even posted an article on Gamecock Central this week about the fact that the Gamecocks opened as a surprise favorite on the road at Kentucky, despite the fact Kentucky had won four in a row in the series, and Kentucky had just beaten the 14th-ranked team in the country to go to 4-0 and 2-0 in the league for the first time since 77. So all those things combined made it a bit of a surprise to me that South Carolina was favored. So what happened over the course of just a few days is that, you know, a lot of action – on Kentucky moved that line, and Kentucky was favored by a point and a half or two points on about Wednesday or Thursday, and the line has since moved right in the middle. It's a pick 'em right now, Wes, as we approach uh, kickoff here. And I don't know how much this interests you, Wes, but I suspect that a lot of folks listening uh, have an interest in such matters. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say, uh, I will say this: that um, for Gamecock Central subscribers, I'm going to throw a shameless plug in there. Uh, Brian Edwards, who is the one of the senior handicappers for VegasInsider.com, he has actually returned to do a weekly column on, on Gamecock Central where um, he is uh, posting his thoughts on, on South Carolina from a sort of Vegas and line standpoint as well as thoughts on a bunch of other games. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's easy to get caught up with the most recent games and, and outcomes and uh, and kind of look at these lines and maybe wonder about that. You know, I, I certainly thought Kentucky was probably going to open as as maybe a slight, possibly a field goal favorite. But th- these these Vegas odds makers, 
they have uh, they have their reasonings, they have their systems, they have their I, I believe uh, computer systems as well that that handle a lot of this stuff. And they're they're generally pretty spot on, and I think as the season goes on, they get even more accurate. It, it seems so. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Now, I think you're seeing, um, I, I guess, both sides sort of swing this thing back and forth as a game that, that really, it seems like, frankly, could go either way. And, um, you know, in a game where I think a lot of South Carolina fans are, are a little bit weary of Kentucky and in a game that the Kentucky fans seem to be extremely confident about, um, I think that was actually a pretty good sign for South Carolina fans that Vegas – saw this game as being uh, potentially so tight. Yep, it is a pick em. The line is even, and the line has moved back and forth. It's moved in both directions this week substantially. I don't mean just a half a point. I mean it's moved a point and a half or more both ways throughout the course of the week. So it was just unusual. You don't see that very often, and I thought that was worth a couple of minutes of discussion here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Let's go ahead and hear from Colin Taylor. He's our staff writer with Gamecock Central, and he's got South Carolina's keys to victory against Kentucky. So, obviously, the key, you know, you heard it all week, but the key is defensively for South Carolina. Uh, stopping Benny Snell is priority number one. Um, if you can get them uh, into a one-dimensional game when they have to pass the ball more than they're typically used to, that's good for South Carolina's defense. Um, and, you know, a lot's been made about South Carolina's run game offensively being the key to victory, and, um, that's obviously going to play a huge part, but uh, I think this game is going to come down to the play of Jake Bentley. Um, you know, it's all he, he needs to have a breakout game his junior year in a big game, and I think that this is kind of the game he needs to do that in. So I think his play is probably going to be the deciding factor. If he protects the ball and doesn't make mistakes, then I think South Carolina pulls out with the win. So uh, for South Carolina as a team, it, it's about jumping out to an early lead, not letting Kentucky kind of dictate tempo and, and the physicality in the run game. And I think if they can do that, they'll pull out with the win. I think it's going to be a fourth-quarter game, and um, I really don't know what to expect. I know it's just going to be tight. Every, all, every game they've played the last five years has been. So it uh, should be a good one, I think. Thank you, Colin. That's Colin Taylor, staff writer with Gamecock Central. And now for Kentucky Keys to Victory, we will throw it to Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com, our Rivals Network partner. Number one, I think they have to refocus and have a good week of practice. I thought the most concerning takeaway from what Mark Stoops said at his luncheon with the media was that for the first time he had to poke his team to refocus them. And he sounded surprised. He sounded a little bit disappointed because this is a team that has a lot of leadership in that locker room, starting with somebody like Cash Daniel, an emotional leader at linebacker, with so many seniors on the team. Uh, he hasn't had a motivation, a focus problem, and coming off that win against Mississippi State, he seemed like the first day back they they weren't they didn't have their heads where they needed to be. And if that if they're saying that on Wednesday, if they're saying that on Thursday, going into Friday, then that's a huge issue because I I suspect South Carolina will be very focused. The other issue will be they need to keep the game close. I know they're not they're not thinking in those terms. They want to come out and make a statement early, you'd imagine, but. This is not a team that's hardwired to play from behind. They, they did fall down a touchdown to Mississippi State, but the defense made some great plays to keep that a 7 nothing game until they could establish their own game plan. Because they have a great running game and, and really an unproven passing game, they haven't gotten the receivers involved a whole lot. Uh, if, this is a, if they get down 10, 14 points, I think that they could have a hard time playing from behind. So, so they probably need to keep it within a touchdown uh, in the first couple of quarters. 
That's Justin Rowland from CatsIllustrated.com. We appreciate him. We appreciate Colin Taylor joining us on the podcast today. Wes, this is going to be fun tonight. Road game, always tough in the Southeastern Conference. Night game, primetime ball game for the Gamecocks and Wildcats. Yeah, and it really reminds me, and I'm going to take people back a little bit, um, Emerson, it reminds me of some of those uh, some of those Lou Holtz years where South Carolina was, had a pretty good football team and Kentucky had a pretty good football team with Rich Brooks, I believe, as their coach uh, back then. If, I, if I'm pegging that right, I hope that I am, but um, – you know, and, and maybe even back to the to the days with uh, with Hal Mummy, but um, you know there were some very very tight football games between these two schools that had big ramifications for their seasons, and that that really featured outstanding atmospheres. And then you you look um, getting into the Spurrier era, um, the quote Eric Norwood game on a Thursday night where Norwood just took over against Kentucky. It was a big time uh, Thursday night atmosphere for South Carolina. Um, obviously a big win for the Gamecocks there. Um, as much as much as we don't like to talk about, um, you know, from a South Carolina perspective, fans don't like to talk about Kentucky being a, quote, rival in football. These two teams have played some really close, really good, well-contested football games. And um, I, I think this is one of those games of, if you're a player, this is why you sign up for college football. For, for Kentucky, it's about finding a way to get to 5-0 and and, and possibly have a special season. And for South Carolina, it's about going in there and you got, I mean, think about the opportunity you have. You have an opportunity to go do exactly what Kentucky's done to you the last few years and, mm. and spoil something for them. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of pressure on the Kentucky Wildcats to go perform tonight. And uh, South Carolina obviously wants to spoil what could be, I mean, a truly historic season for those guys. Yep. So either way, man, it, it should be fun. Yeah, that uh, should be plenty of incentive for the Gamecocks. And, hey, like it or not, Kentucky is a rival for South Carolina. No doubt about it. SEC East foes getting together tonight. 7.30 kick on the SEC Network. We're just about ready. Wes Mitchell, thank you. Yes, sir. Let's do it again next week. We'll do it again next Saturday for the Missouri game. Game day podcast here on Gamecock Central for Wes Mitchell. I'm Emerson Phillips. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the ball game. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.